1: Get in the know. Nonstop Viking talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Oh, it's a studio party today. <laughs> Look at this. It's Great a, to be here. It's a, it's a rare occasion where all of us are sitting in the, the same studio together here. It's also a rare occasion when all of our in-studio equipment works at the same time. So good luck to our technology here on the video side today on Purple Daily, daily Vikings entertainment where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Judd's camp notes galore from the weekend here. All sorts of stuff to get to presented by our friends over at TCL, which has award winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs, too. They offer mobile products, audio devices and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. Uh, how thick is the Judd's Camp notebook here today on this Monday?
0: It is super meaty because it goes back to basically um, Saturday. And then there's some transactional moves to discuss oh. from Sunday. So, yeah, we should get to it because uh, this is going to be nothing but meat and potatoes football talk. Wow. Strap in, audience. Football. Happy Monday. You're welcome. Judd's Camp Notes. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Should we start with the... I I think there was a transaction on Sunday that I think rightfully so probably confused fans as to what it meant. And I think we can straighten this out pretty quickly. So word came down that when James Lynch, the defensive lineman, was placed on the IR with the ACL, the Vikings were replacing him on the roster with... Nikil Harry, a wide receiver, former first-round draft pick. And I think a lot of people are like, what? Another first-round draft pick who, you know, is more from, obviously, the Jalen Rager mode of a guy who washed out. Patriots punted him to Chicago, got hurt in Chicago, got punted off the Bears roster. This is purely a depth move. They have lost, um, I want to say they have uh, three receivers on the sidelines now, not big names, but they need depth. And keep in mind, they need depth for, th- or for yeah, Thursday's preseason game in Seattle. Because if KOC does what he did a year ago, and there's no reason to think he won't, he's not going to play Justin Jefferson, nor should he. Yeah, KJ Osborne, nor should he. There's a fighting chance Jalen Addison does not play. Now that won't surprise me if he does. But long story short, Nikhil Harry was signed to give the Vikings a body to run some routes. So this is not worth like, oh, my God, what's this going to mean big picture wise? This is purely a move to create depth because you have about three or four guys that would ordinarily play that can't play because of injury. And the Vikings did make a move yesterday as well. They released um, a receiver and signed one. But the fact is they're just trying to add bodies at receiver. Okay, so I shouldn't get excited about Nikhil Harry's six foot four, two
1: hundred twenty five nope. pound frame. Yeah, he's this untapped former first round pick potential. <laughs> just get him, you know, g- get him out of that Tom Brady list, New England and Chicago. <laughs> like, yep. get him in here with a real offensive. I should not get excited, is what you're saying.
0: Uh, on a scale of one to one hundred of potential excitement, I would say it's a 0. .5. Okay, so he's ju- he's just a guy. He's a camp body. Here. Okay. He's going to yes, because he was to a first place. round pick who's yes. six
1: foot four, two hundred twenty five yeah. pounds. You know, look at his college production too at Arizona State. You know, back to back thousand yard seasons,
0: fourteen yards a catch. 22 college touchdowns, I should not. Let me just say the top-end competition for the potential five receiver spots, and and I do have, at some point this week, we can get to it, I do have a new 53-man projection. Let me just say the bottom half of the top receiver spots, and I'm assuming that they keep five again, is extremely competitive, and Nikhil Harry is nowhere to be found on that. I will say this, though, when we get to it, Jalen Rager's job might be in jeopardy. Yeah,
1: that's... You know... I feel like like his NFL status should be in
0: jeopardy if his job's in jeopardy, right? Like, how many more... Well, he's guaranteed a salary, so you aren't going to have to eat that salary, but nonetheless, I think that there are some things that I've seen in practice that lead me to believe that young Brandon Powell might be the more... He might be the more KOC-friendly choice as far as reliability. I saw...
1: You know, Thanks to the fans who show up and do their duty by taking <laughs> wide-angle film of practice. I know that's a no-no for media. I go media, home and watch but, their video. <laughs> I know. It's I amazing. like break
0: down the fans' video.
1: Dude, I saw Brandon Powell shake and bake a corner. I can't remember which corner it was on a kind of like a crossing route. He did like a little shimmy at the line of scrimmage and created about nine yards of separation right off the line. So, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like you can put Powell and Rager on the team yeah. unless there's an injury. Yep. So I guess we'll, we'll see.
0: Okay. All right. So let's continue on with the camp notes. Now going back to some of the things that we witnessed in a, another full pads practice on Saturday, TJ Hawkinson, who felt we were there last Thursday for the stadium practice and TJ Hawkinson took part in individuals, but then sat out team, which was a little bit surprising, did not take part at all. In fact, was not in uniform on Saturday now, I know that the contract is still pending there. That can certainly be a discussion. Uh From what I'm hearing, it is more of a medical issue than, okay. than like a hold-in at this point in time. I would never completely dismiss a contract because you can get bit in the ass by being absolutely sure this has nothing to do with that. But from what I was told, what I heard, it is a medical issue, Um We are recording this at about 10.50 on Monday. Kevin O'Connell actually is going to speak to the Assembled Media at TCO just after noon today. So there should be more at that point in time. But I don't think that there's anything like brewing with a TJ Hawkinson problem. And hopefully whatever is ailing him is just a minor thing that gets taken care of quickly.
1: Okay. And then, well, we don't really know. It has nothing to do with contract. He may or may not get a contract at some point. We're just sort of waiting on that shoe to drop, right? Right. Independent of why he's out of these practices.
0: That's what I was told. Go now, on. again, I am not going to sit here and pound the table and say the contract plays zero role because I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Like maybe
1: your medical issue is a little worse if you don't have a contract. Exactly. exactly. That's it, just most my words, by the way.
0: It's it's naive in our job to be like, this is what I was told and I'm dismissing the contract problem, but yeah. it does not appear that that is the... That does not seem to be driving this at all, so I would look for him to return to practice. Of course, he is another guy that is not going to take a preseason snap, which he should not. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw uh,
1: Sean on the flip side of that coin, Sean Payton did his press conference, I think, yesterday and was asked about his preseason plans, and are you going to play starters? He said, yes, we likely are going to play starters, and uh, someone asked, Russell Wilson included, and he said he is a player on the team, and so, yes, he will play in the preseason. Wow. So the rare... uh, I wonder if those guys have some friction. I wonder if Sean Payton's gotten in there, and he's like, all right, this guy's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Not the same guy he was.
0: Anyhow, you won't see Kirk Cousins in the preseason. You most certainly will not. All right, second note. Uh, For the first time since they started padded practices a week ago today, I believe, uh, on Saturday, Marcus Davenport took part in a padded practice, appeared to join in on all drills. Daniil Hunter actually was in full pads, did no teamwork, did very limited, and I do mean a very small size. I think I saw him do like two one-on-one drills against the offensive line, but I think the most heartening thing I saw was off to the side then, um, as the reps were going on but not involving them, Daniil was already pulling Davenport to the side and attempting to work with him. Oh, which can cool. only help. Like that's wow. gonna be an enormous thing. So and and it's up to Davenport, obviously how this goes and how far he takes it, considering that he is on a essentially one year make good contract. But it's always good when a guy like Hunter, who has a ton of experience and a ton of success can at least think or try to coach up a guy. Like Davenport, who clearly has talent, uh, but hasn't always had the results. You know, uh, people have said
1: just behind the scenes with the Vikings, and then you know the beat writers who cover the team a little bit more closely that Daniel Hunter is not obviously the most outspoken guy. Like he's not going to be saying much to the media. He's mostly just going to live his life in relative private. You know but that he is behind the scenes he is looked at as a leader and this would be an example of how that manifests i think you know he's 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 a little bit like the sort of the Kevin Williams style yes. of leader where very well respected very knowledgeable will absolutely help especially if asked but isn't going to give you a whole lot from like a public persona perspective which is absolutely fine but
0: yeah so if, if he can impart just a percentage of his wisdom to davenport i think that becomes at least it gives you a chance to help Davenport maximize his potential, which I think has probably been the problem that he had going back to his time with the Saints. An interesting one, um, and I don't know if there's a problem here or it, it was a rest day or his back is acting up again a bit, but Garrett Bradbury was on the field in uniform on Saturday but did not take part in drills, and especially team drills. Austin Schlottman did. Now, there's a case to be made here that that's not a terrible idea because when Bradbury did get hurt a year ago, it was sort of a, oh, my God, who's going to play center? What are they doing? This guy yeah. hasn't. What What was the stat that at what one point it was like it was Schlottman or Chris Reed hadn't snapped the ball in forever? So I don't know exactly what this was. It might have been just a decision uh, based on, on the fact that Bradbury did have a back problem. But it's probably not a bad idea that you cross-train your center first team with Kirk a little bit more. So assuming yeah. that this is not like an injury problem, um, I could see where the coaching staff just said, we weren't really prepared for the move when Bradbury got hurt. We can't assume he won't again. Yeah. So let's be a little more prepared this time.
1: Yeah. That Well, they basically went into last season. I mean, Schlottman didn't have much, if any, center experience. And Chris Reed had none. That was it. Yeah. Chris Reed had none. And, uh yeah I get that you know Bradbury had a good chunk of a season last year but from an injury perspective and quite frankly if he goes back to performing like he did the first three years of his career and you have to bench him or something you need somebody to step in who's you know snapped a football a couple times and Chris Reed's still out right so yeah you know your options are real thin
0: behind uh Garrett Bradbury right now yeah and I, I asked O'Connell I think it was last week about Reed and said like do you have a timetable here? And he said no. So I don't need, at this point in time, if this continues, um I wonder if Reed is not going to begin the season on the active roster. I don't know what he did. It's a non football thing, which just means he got hurt away from football. But um I was I was told
1: on. it's not serious, but obviously it has uh kept him out of practice to this point, you know, right. a week and a half into training camp. So it, it, not serious in terms of it's not like a season-threatening injury. Lin on the
0: offensive line, Macadac. I like it.
1: That's right. Yeah, I talk to people more than you know. Mm-hmm. What it, no. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that.
0: I'm glad to hear that. All right, let's continue. Um, good news on Saturday. Andre Carter, second, who of course got that big uh, UDFA deal out of Army, returned to practice now. So we now get to see because I think that there's a good chance, and and we talked about this in the. Fifty-three man breakdown last week. He's going to fight for a fifty-three man position. Like he's going to get a chance now. So th- this sort of starts the clock. Obviously, it helps to get him back off, um, to get him back playing before the preseason games start as well. But like, just when you're looking at roster depth and when you're looking at new names who might make this roster, he is one hundred percent one. So I, I am very curious to see how much work he gets. What he does and what he puts on film, because I got to think with what they paid him to sign, he's not they're not going to be eager to cut him. And I would think with what they paid him to sign, they're probably not confident that they could get him through the practice squad.
1: Well, and he plays he so he is classified as an edge, right? He's an he's an edge rusher. So he's at a position of need for the Vikings. They, I don't, I guess technically Patrick Jones would be your third best edge rusher mm-hmm. on this team. Mm-hmm. They, so they don't really have an established third guy behind Davenport and Daniel Hunter. So if he, much like by the way, another position of need, similar situation with Ivan Pace Jr., who I don't know if you have a note on him, but he's been he's probably the Mister Mankato front runner at this point of uh, like under the radar non high draft pick that's flashing. He's getting run with the first team defense in this Brian Flores defense, because they're really thin. He's good, and they're really thin at linebacker. The Vikings are thin at edge rusher. So if Andre Carter can come in here, even having missed the first couple weeks of camp, Mm -hmm. it
0: makes some noise. Very interesting. Off the edge right now, I've got Hunter and Davenport starting. I still think that DJ want to mix the club. Patrick Jones, Valane, and Carter. Those are the six that they probably keep. Those are the, yep, that's the group. So we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. All right, let's continue down the Vikings training camp notes.
1: By the way, you call for your own commercial break again. We kind of like that.
0: Okay, I'll do it. You know know where
1: your notebook is at, so you let us know when you You want to talk about some of our favorite sponsors for a little notebook halftime, okay?
0: Right, but right now, right now, we have intrigue. We have interest, and that interest pertains to the return situation, okay? So this all starts with... Kane Wangwu still on Saturday remained out of practice. He's been out for a few practices now. So they were working on kick returns in the special teams portion which opens practice on Saturday. And who was returning kicks? Who was back there? Only two people. Wow. Ty Chandler, interesting. But Brandon Powell. Okay. Even more intriguing. And this is why I think Brandon Powell makes the roster and why I think Wangwu Better be careful because he gets expendable here. Brandon Powell could be the return man deluxe. He could do both. Kicks and punts. And in today's National Football League, ladies and gentlemen, I am here to tell you punt returns are more important than kick returns because you're returning punts way more. This league is doing everything it can to get rid of the kick return. So he can do both, and I think that, that he is definitely probably more adept at returning punts returned one here a couple of years ago for a touchdown for the Rams against the Vikings. And so I wonder if Powell would make the team largely based on those two traits, which would give them, which would give the Vikings an extra 53 position uh, because one guy could return both punts and kicks.
1: And if needed to, to this point in his career, he's not been a, you know, a high usage offensive player, but it's fair to say that Brandon Powell has been used offensively outside of special teams, more than Kane Wangwu has to this point in his career. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if if he can cover both kicks and punts, it saves you a roster spot. And if you need, you know, let's say uh KJ Osborne's injured or Jordan Addison or something, and Brandon Powell, you can target him five times and catch three passes or something in a game. Absolutely. So that's that is interesting. You want to be efficient if you don't want to have a guy that just returns kicks, basically, and then a guy that has to return punts. If you have a guy in today's NFL that just returns kicks, which is kind of what, and Wong Wu is maybe the best in the league at it. That's
0: just not efficient enough when you're trying to build rosters. No. And in this game now, uh, at what point in time do teams start to really dismiss, oh, this guy can return kicks? I mean, this league is begging to ditch them. Yeah. They're begging to, you know, fair catch it at the 10, you get it. So I got to think that at some point, Teams are just going to basically say, hey, if we're going to focus on returns, let's get a guy that can uh, catch a kick or, heck, allow it to go through the end zone because we then get get the ball to 25, but let's get a guy that can return punts and is good at that. And that is, in my opinion, way tougher than kicks because people are on top of you immediately. But if I was to have a guy that could do both, my preference now is that the punt That the guy has more of an expertise in punt returns than anything.
1: By the way, uh, for his career, Brandon Powell has returned, let's see here, 57 kicks Hmm. and 49 punts. Okay. So
0: he's returned over 100 combined kicks and punts. Multiple. All right, Um, we have, I've got a little bit of, I think, breaking news here as far as this goes. Because we have a clear position flip. We have a clear replacement situation at TCL. But before we get to that, I want to talk about replacing your deck. I want to talk about replacing your deck. We we just had Natalia, and Judges put us in the sharpshooter there. We didn't even see it. He put the leg in and curled us over. And I'm going to tell you right now, as we roll this video, which is a big party, my friends at Ugly Deck give you a reason to party. They give you a reason to dance. They give you a reason. Look at that. Look at all the fun. A maintenance- <laughs> that one guy looks like the Miz, by the way. Yeah, the does. Does. The aviator sunglasses. Aviator, sunglasses. Because- there's me in the green hat. <laughs> That's because a maintenance-free deck can be expensive. But what if I told you, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a way to save $10,000, even if-, even if you think you can't build a deck yourself, UglyDeck.com. Yeah, they got the DIY program where Ugly Deck installs your footings and, and, uh, designs and assists with your project. And you finish the deck and you save thousands. You get a free DIY coach who will help you from start to finish. It's so easy. Even sports dad can do it. Half of the uglydeck.com DIY customers have never framed a deck before, but you can DIY it with their help. Average savings are between, hold on a second here, guys. Hold the phone. Ten and eleven thousand dollars. If you go to their website, you can pick out your deck and check out all the great national brand products they carry. Right now, they are running their fall promo with $500 off. Just tell them Judd sent you, or you heard it on Purple Daily, of course. We appreciate that. Late summer and fall, perfect time to build a deck, so get it started now on their website. Go to UglyDeck.com and just click on DIY. And
1: since we're shouting out some of our great supportive sponsors here at halftime of Judd's Camp Notes, about six years ago, I discovered AG1 products and they added a lot of value to my life, just like they can do for you potentially here. It's kind of fun. So I discovered AG1 through one of my favorite podcasts, Tim Ferriss. Uh, and now I'm on a podcast telling you guys here is a product that I highly recommend from personal use. So 75 high quality ingredients that take the place of a multivitamin gives you nutritional insurance. Maybe you're not the greatest at. Getting the nutrients you need from your food. AG1 is a great supplement to help fill that void. Brain fog lifted for me. Energy levels heightened. Helps with my gut health. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash purple daily. That's drinkag1.com slash purple daily. All right, let's continue.
0: forward here allow me to take the pd family into the secondary weeds because that's where we're going right now well all right first of all we have had a change it's a pretty significant one at cornerback um as we talked about extensively at the time because it was intriguing free agent signee joan williams from the patriots open training camp playing first team nickel outside when byron murphy jr would slide inside well, last week, Makai Blackman took that job. Makai Blackman now is in line to start in the nickel, the, the traditional one, too. Oh, yeah. Not the big one, big nickels for Josh Metellus. But what we're seeing is Makai Blackman, a Caleb Evans outside, Byron Murphy Jr. inside. Wow. With Makai Blackman having the ability to slide inside if need be, he can play the inside.
1: This is. I think this is probably a really good sign in that he's taken this job so early. Right from, by the way, from a veteran too, a former second round pick in uh, Jawan Williams. You don't have to give him this responsibility this early in camp if you're not a full believer. So generally,
0: when this happens with a rookie, it's because the rookie forced it by taking the job. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. And and um, if we go back to our Mister Mancato discussions. Makai Blackman actually probably leads now, right? Third yeah, he's round on Third pick. round
1: picker later, yep. so he
0: would uh he would fit there. He's yeah. had a hell of a camp. He's had a heck of a camp. And I, I would say with Booth Jr. being hurt, although he said he was he said Saturday that he was going to be back on the field on Sunday, now because of the rain that got moved inside and we didn't have access. Uh but before that, Andrew Booth Jr. was playing Second team exclusively. So Blackman, I think, is taking up a bit of the slack there from what they probably thought where they probably thought Booth would be by this point. So that's important too. I'm not saying it makes up for it. Mm -hmm. I am saying it's impressive to what you just talked about, Phil, that a rookie can step in and we'll see how he fares, but he's definitely impressed.
1: Does okay, does he slide inside sometimes, or is it just sort of, hey, he could if needed, but Byron Murphy Jr. is going to be the technically
0: the slot. Uh, cornerback when they're in nickel. Uh, I think Byron Murphy Jr. is technically going to be the nickel slot. Yes. Okay. But these are, you know, and I, I want to get in, into this a bit here in a second, but the moving parts here defensively are off the charts. It's so much fun to watch. I saw someone, I can't remember who it was, but
1: there was somebody, a YouTuber, or, but, but I saw this clip on Twitter posting <laughs> videos of the Brian Flores defense when he was coordinating and, and coaching Miami. Yep. And how, just the different crazy things he'll do. And some of it's risky because some of it might be like, all right, you got your three, four front and you've brought three defensive. Maybe you've brought uh, a safety and a slot cornerback up to the line of scrimmage and a linebacker. And you're showing, you're showing six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage that you might, you might send the two smaller guys, right? Like the nickel cornerback and then a safety and then bail a defensive lineman back into coverage. So if the line, some of this stuff is like, it's, Big time gambling, and I'm here for it. Yep. That if it's a jailbreak, you could create a turnover, a big sack, you know, sudden change or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then if you've got, if you've got like uh, Dean Lowry bailing back into coverage or something and the line picks up the blitz, now you're, now you're bailing water in these one-on-one situations. But I love it. It's fun. And they're going to get burned sometimes. Yes. But you just hope that. You turn a third and seven into a fourth and 18, yes. right? Or,
0: or force a turnover and, more often than you did last year. And you will see none of this, none of this in the three preseason games. So if you watch those and they get torched, yeah, that's sort of the point. Just I'm just saying, be yeah. be forewarned if, if you, you know, and we certainly appreciate it, consume this show on a regular basis. And then you watch Thursday's game and you're like, What were those three clowns talking about? You don't want to show any of this publicly until September 10th. Will they
1: do some of it, though, in the joint practices? My guess
0: is that they will. Because they're not televised. Because again, And and they are filmed for the teams practicing, but those films aren't distributed. So, yes, I think that they will do a lot of things in the joint practices, but they will not translate any of that until games. As they say in this great league, they will go vanilla for three (laughs) preseason games. You got to go vanilla. I I can already hear it.
1: This is the same defense as last year. Donna, the, the, with Donna Shell coordinating this, so basically, whatever you see defensively, ignore it on Thursday night. Exactly. Unless right. something awesome happens, then get overexcited.
0: Watch That's for great. Watch individuals.
1: Do not watch scheme. But even like the individuals in well, their on scheme. Well, or you'd either.
0: like to see the young guys play well. I mean, they they can, but they're not going to have they're not going to have the backing of what the scheme is going to be. Yeah. Come September 10th, you want to see Ivan Pace fly around a little bit. Exactly. What you want to see. Okay. All right. Next note. Big nickel update. Big nickel update. (laughs) Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson, who has had a nice camp, a safety, number 25 if you're going to practices, who's been laying guys out on occasion, actually got some work. First team big nickel on Saturday. Now, Josh Josh Mattelis is in zero jeopardy, but this is a very smart move. What they're basically doing is, With all of these packages, they know guys are going to get hurt Yeah, trying to decide roster spots, right? Theo Jackson, who has stood out at times, has earned himself a look-see, which means that he's basically in competition, potentially, for a depth spot. I don't think he'll get one, but this, again, is how they're thinking. Nothing is a given, and Theo Jackson, yep, he's a big guy, and he definitely likes to hit. And I think that there's some intrigue there from Brian Flores. Yeah, he's another one of those.
1: Uh, so he was, I was trying to, I couldn't remember, was he drafted by the Vikings? But he was drafted by the Titans last year. And then the Titans waived him, I believe, last round of cuts. And then the Vikings scooped him up, right? Because he did, he actually got into some games as a special teamer uh, for the Vikings. But he's he's listed at six foot two. So you've got, you got, there's some sneaky size, depending on who makes the roster here in that secondary with who they could put out there. And think about this too. If this is, oh, this is going to be real meat and potatoes for you. In Flores' system, bring it. if you're going to be set, so Brian Flores, when he was coach of the Dolphins, ran more safety blitzes by a long shot than any other defense in the NFL. He loved to send safeties after quarterbacks, loved to send corners after quarterbacks. When you have a safety or a cornerback flying in, they can do more damage as a six-foot-two, sort of six-foot-one frame than a five-foot-eleven because you can tip a pass. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, maybe you get a little bit closer with your reach or whatever it is. So I would think that if you have guys that are a little bit on the taller side in this system and there's roster decisions to be made, that you try to find a way to keep length, athleticism, Football. right? And what
0: happens when you don't know which safety is coming? Panic. What Chaos. happens? Chaos. 22 25 44 oh. you don't know who's coming at you what are you supposed to do
1: curl up in the fetal position
0: all right jordan love let's go yeah. let's continue to go Baker. down let's continue to go down Herbert. the defensive schematics and i have i have a new term for you a new football term because what i saw saturday can only be described with two words big dime oh we're going oh we're going dime time. Wow. So we got, we got, so what, six defensive backs? Yeah. So we're taking, we're having one linebacker, Jordan Hicks in this case. Okay. Remain on the field. All right. So he's the big dime. So we are then going, oh, this gets so good. We are then going Harrison Smith, Bynum and Metellus. Okay. I get it. Okay. Okay. But then, then on the back end, cornerback wise, Blackman, Evans, and Murphy. So
1: you're taking one of the down linemen off the
0: field, so, leaving you your No, I'm taking. No, ordinarily they are leaving a linebacker, a second one on. Now they're taking one off. So they're. So actually, what they're doing on this is they're stacking the front more.
1: Got it. Got so it.
0: so big dime, they stack the front, and let me give you the most interesting twist I saw of this entire big dime package. DJ Wanham, aka. Hunter, right? Because that's going to be his spot come September 10th. And Marcus Davenport side by side on the left side. Oh. So they're not coming from the edges. They're coming from the same edge. So you know what happens?
1: Offensive line, let's say they're lined up left side. Well, right. If you're the offensive line, they're lined by the right side. Offensive line slides protection right. Leaving blitz gaps open on the oh, left side. Josh Metellus. Oh, blitz gaps. Blitz oh. gaps. Harry, Harrison Let's Smith. Go. Harrison Smith comes
0: up. What do you do?
1: We got two known rushers on the right side. We're sliding protection. It's, it's speed. Pop quiz. Hot shot. Hot shot. Big <laughs> dime. What do you do? This is so Jack. much fun. I, and we have to wait really until, I mean, for, I guess we're going to get to see some of the, the practice stuff, but they show you more in practice. If you have a chance, and we are not being paid by the Vikings to say this, Go to training camp at some point here. There's only the night practice tomorrow night could be a chance. It is refreshing. Go and to the joint
0: practices. I, I would Those joint ones are going to be so intriguing to watch. And
1: they might give up 400 yards a game in the end because there's not a ton of talent that's known yet, right? And who knows? But at the very least, it's much more
0: entertaining to follow and watch what they're Football. doing. So. I've, got, I've got one more defensive twist that I saw, I believe, for the first time unless I missed it previously on Saturday. Jordan Hicks, who we talked about extensively on Friday, and he's clearly going to be a key veteran. All right. So I'm not trying to diminish what we discussed before, but there was a package that had Brian Asamoah and Ivan Pace Jr. as the linebackers, which essentially means safeties. Exactly. Which essentially means you're going with four. And if it's big nickel, uh, you're going with four to five safeties at the same time <laughs> oh, on the field, and and you're, and you're going to have the intestinal fortitude to take your green dot helmet guy who gets the calls, which is Jordan Hicks, off the field. So would you
1: would you not have a green dot on the field? I don't, what do you do?
0: I think if you have to have a guy go out of the game right to give up the green dot i think you give up the green dot could you just hold his helmet up to your helmet and listen for the play call and then throw it off to the side no you know what you got to do you got to know the hand oh, signals oh. you got to know those hand signals. but what i'm saying think about the speed here i mean pace and now, now asamoa i will uh to phil's long-standing point asamoa's um inexperience at times still shows up yeah. Like like there are plays where he guesses right and it's awesome. And there are plays where he guesses totally wrong and there's a huge gap, which is going to be a problem at times. Yeah, But the point is, first of all, Pace and Asamoah are going to give you a speed element that Hicks simply cannot. Uh, second of all, I think part of the reason why Pace is getting extensive first-team time now is to see if he's probably a little bit more instinctual than Asamoah is. So, I think that there's some machinations his, his, here. His, his college performance would tell you that there's a chance that that's true. Right. So, I I am very, very curious to see how this works out. But I just gave you, in training camp, Dude. more sub-packages than Easy Ed Donatel used all last season. This is... Uh, Football. This would be fun. Yeah, because those two guys... We kinda
1: of, kinda of half joke about them being safe. They're they're bigger than safeties, but they're not your traditional linebacker sized guys, especially just Ivan Pace with his like yeah, measurables what, and stuff.
0: 231 thirty. Thirty one. five?
1: Yeah. Thirty one 231. Two, two, according two to the
0: roster, 5'10", 231, and Osamoa six feet two twenty six. Two twenty six he's listed at. Yeah. I mean See, he's totally safety. I would have
1: said two thirty five or something and now What's Jordan Hicks? Do you have Jordan Hicks in there? Yeah, is he it. listed at two
0: fifty? I've got the roster 245? right here. If I can read it, because my uh, my vision six foot one, two thirty six. Okay, so he's yeah, okay, but he's a little t- he's a little taller, so he yes. looks he looks a little bit bigger. Yeah, he looks he looks for, far more like a linebacker than um Asimov or Pace does. Yeah, I love this. No of question great. about it. Multiple, multiple. All right, final training camp. Nope. It occurred to me in watching the practice on Saturday. We're going to have to come up with a name for this defense because it's not a 3-4. They don't care. They want you to call it that. Like, because we're median fans, right? Yeah. It's a 3-4, right? Yeah, yeah. But as as we've discussed before, as Brian Flores at the introductory press conference said to Joe Schmidt, when Joe said, you know, 3-4, 4-3, and he's like, tell me what the game plan is. This is a multiple defense defense that they are they are literally just saying, call you know, call it a three four. Yeah, that's this ain't a three four. Yeah. There's fundamentals at times, but there's four three. There's stacked fronts. Um there this defense needs a name. And here's my starting point. Okay. Okay. So the Buddy Ryan Bears defense in the mid eighties was called the forty six because yeah. of Gary Fenzik and the fact that that he was sort of a linchpin there. My, so it was named after the number of a player. That's my first idea. The forty-four, Josh Metellus. Oh wow, are we? Are we there? Okay, I feel Ellis like though? we need to. No, slow we're down not. A little bit. No, no, slow no. Slow down. We're what not about the there. 22? The twenty-two. The twenty-two. The 22. Well, but I'm trying to think of. A, I'm trying to think of a sub package that's going to carry the day. But yes, what I'm saying is that was just my first thought. Okay, we're, we're not there yet. If, like I'm okay. not saying that if that's Metellus
1: it. becomes. 'Cause he
0: is he is but he's sort of the weird like he's a the, hybrid the he's, outlier of what they're do like of, of what um what Donatel didn't do. Yeah. Like Smith has always been important. Like Fenc was not like the star there, but because of his role, it was it, it's more of an ode to the coordinator than the player. Okay. And this okay. is just my first idea. But we're gonna need to get past like trying to say this is a three-four. Because I'm telling you right now. This ain't any ordinary three-four. Yeah, it's and Bill. By the way, because th- this
1: this iterates from the Bill Belichick tree, going back well twenty years with the Patriots, and then however further back. And those Bill Belichick defenses, technically, I guess they're three-four defenses, just based on their their base state is a three-four defense. Yep. But it really is a week-to-week matchup defense. Yes, it's uh, but not a lot of coaches feel comfortable doing that, because think about. All the extra work that goes in and oh. communication, and you have to trust that the players are going to. Hey, we're going to do a lot of different things week to week, which means a lot more homework for you, a lot more chances to make a mistake or something. Uh, but if you can, if you can get it, if the players can get it, and you can be much more customizable with your, with what your defense. Th- that was the problem last year, and you know bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers would show by the middle of the season how. Absolutely predictable and well, easy. Ed Donatell's defense still was the
0: dog was breaking down the film.
1: Yeah, it's like they're in they're in quarters this percentage yes. of the time, and they're it's like yes, and they're and they and they sent it was like they were bottom three in the league for half the year in uh, sending an extra man. So you knew they're not going to send an extra man. They're going to play two high safeties, and they're ju- they're just hoping that you throw an incomplete pass
0: on third and nine. Right, like right. that was it. I'm guessing two things here. Uh, now that I've seen a bunch of training camp practices, I'm guessing when Flores got hired, he basically said, I'm a defensive mad scientist. Are you going to allow me to be that? And O'Connell's like, I got schnookered by Ed last year. Yeah, you Knuckered. come in like you, you seem like you know what you're doing. I yeah. bought into a theory. Vic Fangio, I'm Vic Fangio. No, you're not. You're yeah. playing a soft Tampa too. Uh, so I think that's one and two. And we we actually... uh could do a show on this topic pretty clear to me that flores said training camp is going to have to be physical or i don't want to do this and i i actually just uh, append a piece that you can find vikingswire.com right now the writing home of sports dad uh about that this training camp is way more physical and i do believe o'connell probably doesn't mind that too much but I also think that if you watch how the defense attacks and approaches aggressively, um, I got to think that Flores said, if we're going to implement the plan I want, we can't be going half-ass up until September 10th.
1: Yeah, we got to test drive this car, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we got to – we can't just wait till the first week of the season to to rev the engine.
0: Well, and you're trying to get players to go – They they have to go full speed to, to do this. Like, if they're going half-speed, and then September 10th, it's like – Jailbreak it, right? Guys are going to screw up left and right
1: because you can, you want to see how fast do players react? They're being asked to move forward a lot more, yeah. right? Like <laughs> thank God, yes. And so you have to see how they react. Are they able to get through the gaps they need to get through? Like it's it's hard to gauge in practice too because you just you need to see it so that you're. Like when when you're actually hunting the quarterback, right? What does it look like?
0: But, I think the defense is a, a big part of the reason why. Now, in retrospect, there's two joint practices because the one thing you can't do is you cannot do this in the exhibition games. Yep. Yeah. So it's like when it. are you? When do you get to go? At least almost full speed, and the answer is practices.
1: Although, wouldn't it be hilarious? So most of these teams, the Seahawks, like Geno Smith, probably doesn't play on Thursday. And then yeah, what are the other uh, preseason games? Arizona and Tennessee. So you could get these, oh, God, Tennessee, you'd be facing young quarterbacks basically, right? So it would be hilarious if you put your first team defense in for the first quarter nope. and just went full speed at, like, a young quarterback who didn't know what he was looking at. Backup <laughs> offensive lineman.
0: Can't put it on film, man. Can't put it on film for the Bucs. I know. I know. Or the Eagles. Well, the, the film's out there. Like, you, you're going to...
1: You can think fig- if you watch Miami Dolphins film from two years ago, you can kind of figure out what the Vikings are probably going to do. But love it, man! Wow, Judd's camp notes just absolutely bursting at the seam today with great information. Um, you know what? Your uh, your belt's going to be bursting at the seam if you go to Three Jack and get the uh, <laughs> the those chicken nachos, man. The pulled chicken nachos. Three Jack is a wonderful place to uh, enjoy lunch or dinner and some golf time with your friends, Declan.
0: That's right. Go to the threejack.com to book those simulator bays. Of course, you have some great lunch options, the hot chicken sandwich, the loaded nachos, a favorite of this show. Uh, And you can go check out all the great beer and burger happenings that are happening there, too. They got a rotating list of taps. They have a great selection of burgers that change every week as well. If you're looking for a happy hour spot before the Twins game, even go to threejack and threejack.com. Go check them out in the North Loop. And go to 3jack.com to book that simulator bay.
1: A shout out to our friends at EcoFun as well. So it's been over a year since EcoFun opened the Burnsville location. And they are inviting everyone, all of you Purple Daily listeners from the South Metro to visit this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Special in-store pricing on all ATVs, scooters, dirt bikes, and electric bikes in stock at the Burnsville location this Saturday. So check them out. It's just off 35W in County 42 on the Eastern Frontage Road. You can always check out the full inventory at EcoFunMotorSports.com. Tell them that Purple Daily and or Score North sent you in. And uh, as a reminder, too, if you're out hanging out at Vikings training camp, if you see Judd or myself wandering around aimlessly watching football, say hi. Uh, Judd is available for autographs. Okay. No body parts. Well, well, yeah, no, no. Nope, sorry,
0: too old for that. Justin Jefferson signs body parts. But well, he's you're a too young. good for it. He's a young. No, I'm not too good for it. I'm too old for it. Hmm. Justin It'd Jefferson, creepy, I can. I guess, yeah. yeah, I don't think any. I don't think it's going to be a problem. To be honest, I don't think I'm going to be asked for that. <laughs> so, well, at least say hi. I guess. Speaking from of creepy, that distance. Rick laugh. Oof. We need like a Quasi laugh
1: to replace. this. Sure, <laughs> yeah. we can find one. Yeah. Actually, Dex found some drops the weekend. Yeah, got into. some yeah. new drops. Yeah, nice. got well, some new drops. Mostly LA Night references yeah. and things. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you for making Purple Daily one of the most listened to football podcasts in America. We'll see you tomorrow.